With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I salute each and every one with the honorable and the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. May they be multiplied unto you. We welcome you to the voice, uh, the service that I believe the Lord has commissioned me to teach uh, each month with the foundational charter of why you believe what you believe and why you do what you do. As believers, uh, I can never echo enough how important it is if we're going to be a believer, if we're going to be in this fight for the kingdom, if we're going to be Bible readers and Bible believers, we need to know why we believe what we believe in order to also clarify to us why we do what we do. Too many people, once again, uh, that are in the body of Christ, and some may feel that they're in the body of Christ, but they're going through the motions of doing things, and sometime or another, there's a question that comes up in their mind, why am I doing this? And I believe some people, as the Bible declares in the book of Thessalonians, there's a falling away from the faith. I believe some people lose their passion and lose their conviction because they were never uh, bought into true passion and conviction to what they were given to start with, if I'm making sense. And so due to that, many people just kind of get on the team and, and start cheering and so forth, and they'll do some things. Uh, for those who are listening to me, I like how uh, elder oftentimes give the illustration how many people find themselves uh, jumping in when people are running by and they'll they'll jump in and start running too and then sometime while they're running they'll say hey why are we running yeah. it sounds funny but that's the reality of the matter and I'm trying to make that in simplicity because I believe the Lord God wants us to understand some of the simplest things that we do have significant impacts on who we are and who we are yet to become so in that I believe in this hour that the Lord God is commissioning men of God and women of God to go back and give foundation to much of what we do in order for us to understand why we do it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I believe in that people will value what they understand yeah. and apply more than people applying what they don't understand. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. So value mm -hmm. is something key. And I, I even put that as a resonating word Amen. that many will see that will, I believe, come out on today as well. So in that, without further ado, let me jump back in. Amen. As we say, like double dutch, let me jump back into what is burning in my spirit to continue to teach. As this also proves to be a segue with what we're preaching, what we're ministering, at least in this ministry going forward for 2023. So in that, as we are already aware for those who have been part of this, and if anyone is joining us new, 
we're on the subject, the purpose of divine consecration. The purpose of divine consecration. And when I started this teaching on this subject, amen, in part one, uh, a foundational verse because once again I never believe in giving some things to people regarding the word of the Lord without giving you a scripture to set foundation because once you have foundation then you can build upon that amen so the scripture that I use as foundational scripture is Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 and let me read it to put it in your hearing once again to continue to flow the building of knowledge for those in the body amen and in joshua 3 5 and i'm reading from the standard king james version it declares then joshua said unto the people or should i say salvation said unto the people salvation is speaking and it says consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do wonders among you so the Bible says for you to consecrate yourself. Now, for those that uh, remember when I began on this thing about consecration, consecration in its definition means to sanctify, or it comes from the Hebrew word Kadesh. And Kadesh means to sanctify by way of separation, mm -hmm. dedication, and preparation. Amen. So, so in that, as we understand that consecration is something that, that yokes itself to separation, dedication, and preparation, I believe I also set foundation to those under the sound of my voice that consecration is the next level from sanctification. We stated before, sanctification and consecration are two terms that work together, they're tandem to each other, but the difference in them is as the believer, as the person who is now coming in relationship with the Lord, the journey that you do as an individual is called sanctification, which is you, once again, separating yourself from people, places, things, and words in order to dedicate yourself unto the Lord through preparation by his word. Amen. Now, in that, I remind you that also when I understand the concept or the sequence of sanctification, sanctification delineates itself from consecration because it is the process to make you eligible to be serviceable unto the Lord. Amen. Many people say that, Lord, I want you to use me. And the Lord, the Lord. Once again, I'll say this crystal clear. I will never say that the Lord can't use you whenever he wants to. However, the Lord wants serviceable people to be used, meaning people who have sanctified themselves so he can use them in consistency. It's a shame that the Lord can only use you once a month, once a year once every six months or so forth, the Lord wants you to be eligible for him to use you in consistency. So sanctification, once again, is the thing of you posturing yourself to be a consistent vessel for use so that consecration, consecration is the concept for the Lord to be able to have you at a level for consistent service unto him. Amen. So now in that, 
For those, once again, that were with me in part two of this, I began to delineate to you who or what must be consecrated. Amen. And out of the blessing, uh, in the book of Exodus, we were able to first recognize the priests, as in Exodus 29.9. In Exodus 28.3 and 41, we were able to recognize that garments or vestments in Exodus 29, nine, uh, 29, excuse me, we, we also looked at vestments again. And I emphasize that from, from both locations of Scripture because unfortunately, here's the thing, many people may be familiar with different movements of ministries, different denominational views, etc. However, here's the thing, there's a lot of people that are not sold to vestment wearing or garments in the house of the Lord. For we, however, to each his own, but we believe according to the word of the Lord, this is something that the Lord says is a ministry unto himself. Amen? So, in that, that is why we emphasize vestments or garments. In Joshua 6, 9, we looked at silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron being consecrated unto the Lord. In uh, 1 Chronicles 29, 5, we look at service itself being consecrated unto the Lord, meaning the ministry that you do is something that is dedicated unto the Lord. It's just not ministry for yourself. Right. It's ministry that you're saying, I do this not for notoriety for my own self. I do it for the notoriety of the Lord. I do this in order to give the Lord the glory as to why I'm doing it. I'm doing it as his ambassador. I'm doing it as his representative. Amen. In 2 Chronicles 29, 33 and 31.6, uh, we also acknowledge living offerings that are given unto the Lord. In Ezra 3.5, we talked about feasts. And in Micah 4.13, we talked about grain or food. So in conjunction with that, if I may, I don't want to leave the subject because notice as we... Uh, articulated from what I have just given you a recap on, we referenced people and some things that are consecrated unto him for continued service. Amen. But watch this. For those that are Bible readers, I want to carry you somewhere else to give you even more detail on those things, those assets those resources, those beings that are meant to be consecrated for continual service unto the Lord. So for those of you that have the word of the Lord with you on today, turn with me to Leviticus chapter 27. In Leviticus chapter 27, we're about to see some things that Moses was given that the Lord required to be consecrated unto him. Not, 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 not just sanctified unto him, but consecrated for continual service. Something that is perpetuated forevermore uh, to be something that honors him in his presence. Amen? So now, first of all, let's look at Leviticus chapter 27. 
and I want to touch verses 1 through 8. Amen. In Leviticus 27, 1 through 8, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The Lord spoke to his representative. Right. Notice he says, Speak unto the children of Israel mm -hmm. and say unto them. So this is not exclusive mm -hmm. to the messenger of the Lord God. The Lord didn't say, Moses, I want to talk to you and I, I want to tell you what I want you to consecrate. The Lord says, I'm talking to you to be my mouthpiece unto the people as to what is about to be stated to be consecrated unto me. Listen to what the verse says. And it says, and say unto them, when a man shall make a singular vow. Now, I like this word vow. Hebrew word is never, which means a promise. And for those who are understanding sanctification, it means a commitment. Those who dedicate themselves. If a man shall make a singular, meaning only for himself. See, uh, uh, here's the thing. Some people might want to commit everything in everybody else but get this a man first gotta commit his own self yes. let, let, let me say that crystal clear it does no justice if I can commit everybody else to doing something if I haven't first committed myself the Bible says the Lord tells Moses that when a man shall make a singular vow not why a man shall make a singular vow. When. Meaning there is an appointed time that you come to a revelation that you got to commit to something. There's a time in your life that you will find that you have to dedicate to something whether you want to or not. So the Bible says as the Lord is talking to Moses. When a man shall make a singular vow the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Okay. So that means the person. If, if they're going to be for the Lord. It's saying. Uh, in cryptic speech. They're consecrated unto him. Now. Here's something that I want you to sidebar. And understand as well. In this passage. You will notice this word estimation. That will repeat itself. Estimation or to estimate. All right. And in that, the Hebrew word is Eric, E-R-E-K. The reason I'm bringing that to your attention is because Eric means to bring order to. Eric means to uh, equip. Eric means to prepare. Eric means to ordain. Oh, watch this. Eric means to bring value to. Ah. Chew on that for a minute. You, you've got to understand this. Uh, because apparently that is significant in the eyes of the Lord. Anything that's being consecrated unto him, watch this, has value to it. The more that something is dedicated 
to the service of the Lord. The more something is sanctified or consecrated for continual service, it is enriching the value of what is now dedicated solely unto the Lord. Watch this. That means as a sidebar teaching for somebody, if you want to add value to your life, in the eyes of the Lord, how about consecrating yourself? If you want to add value to who you are in his eyesight, if you don't want to just be the standard, sanctify yourself to the place of consecration because consecration, he says, now value is even increased on it. Are y'all listening? So the Lord says in verse 3, through the prophet, he says, and thy estimation shall be of a male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. Mm. So uh, let, let me make sure you understand this. The Lord says that individuals need to be consecrated. And the individuals that are consecrated unto him, he says in the eyesight of the prophet, in the eyesight of the priest, everybody that's sanctified and consecrated for continual service unto the Lord, you need to add value to them. But now watch this. Don't mix and twist the value of the sanctuary with the individual. Oh, okay, some, some may be listening to me deep right now. Well, what, what do you mean by that, man of God? Here, here's the thing. Some people want to do willy lump lump. Because the man of God or the woman of God is associated with the sanctuary, I want to value the sanctuary, but I don't value the man or the woman of God in the sanctuary. The word says don't mix your value. Okay. D somebody learned something. That may be a shout right there. But that's word. I, I ain't made it up. It's right there in the scripture. Don't confuse or distort your sowing into the value of one who is consecrated unto the Lord with the value of the sanctuary that's consecrated unto the Lord. Can I keep teaching? Can I keep teaching? Verse 4. Ah, and this is deep too. This might cause some to get jazzy right now. But the word says, and if it be a female. Not a male. If it be a female. Who is dedicated or consecrated unto the Lord. Listen, listen to me. If it be a female. Thy estimation or thy value or thy order or ordination of them shall be 30 shekels. <laughs> Let me let everybody chew. This is, this, is, this is hot today. This is hot. This is hot. Oh, Jesus. See, in that, what I bring to everybody's attention is value as far as consecration mm -hmm. is not solely male in gender. Yeah. Yeah. 
Value in consecration is female as well because the Lord is not looking at one or the other. He says all of them have a value to me. Yes. Yes. Now, as we're still on this one subject, because right now we're only talking about people being consecrated unto God. Okay. Verse 5. And if it be from five years old, even unto 20 years old, then thy estimation shall be of male 20 shekels and for female 10 shekels. Huh. So now we're talking about young folk. Yeah. Being consecrated unto the Lord. Did y'all hear me? Because some folks are under this impression. I can't be consecrated for continual service unto the Lord. Unless I've been selected to preach. See, I'm trying to make sure nobody mixes this thing up. What we see in the church is a formality or a ceremony of consecration. But what I'm telling you, consecration is not limited to a physical service that occurs. Because remember, it's for continued uh, greater service unto the Lord. Because one now is saying, I am consistently going to serve the Lord. And I am going to consistently keep myself in the mindset of saying sanctified to serve him. And I'm not going to be one that has a mindset that, Lord, uh, I quit serving you. Let me move to verse 6. The Bible says, and if it be from month, month old, even unto five years old, then the estimation shall be of a male five shekels of silver. And for a female, the estimation shall be three shekels of silver. Verse 7, and if it be from 60 years old and above, if it be a male, then thy estimate shall be 15 shekels, thy female 10 shekels. Bottom line, the Bible goes from age group to age group, but in that there is value being added mm -hmm. to those, whether male or female, mm -hmm. that have now been placed in a continual lifestyle of being consecrated unto the Lord. Now look at verse 8. But if he be poorer than thy estimation. If he be lower. If he be impoverished. If he be devalued. If he be depressed. If he be not rich in spirit, then thy estimation or your value that's been placed upon him or the order that has been given upon his life, then he shall present himself before the priest. And what? The priest shall value him. The priest shall value Hebrew word Arak, A-R-A-K, 
versus estimation, E-R-E-K. ARAK, A-R-A-K, means to arrange, to set, to put in order, to prepare, to ordain, to furnish. So that means who's been devalued in their consecration unto the Lord. The priest has the function to get them back in order or set them back on course to associate it with the value that's supposed to be on them of staying in continued service to the Lord. The Bible says, according to his ability, that vowed shall the priest value him. Now keep this in mind. As the priest adds value to the person who's been devalued or don't see the value in their own self in what they do for the Lord. Yeah, this, this should really be deep for some because there's many people that have, have made a commitment to say, I'm committed unto the Lord, but based upon their sins, based upon their iniquities, based upon the things that have happened in their life, based upon the tests that they've gone through, they have devalued their own self. All right, that, that, that's why as people, people say when you look uh, in the Catholic faith, people feel they need to go to somebody else in the confessional yeah. because they don't feel that they're valid enough. But if the man of God or woman of God is in right standing who they come to as the representative or the priest or the officer of the house of the Lord, it is to empower them back into the state that even though you fall into your sin, even though you have devalued yourself, the Lord has value on you and I'm here to empower you. However, I can only empower you as much as you want to be empowered because according to the word, it says you can only power them based upon what they're able to be powered in. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey Amen. I hope... I hope somebody's learning something on today. Amen. So in this concept of who or what still needs to be consecrated, right there we're looking at people. Now staying within the same chapter, can we look at verse 9 through 13 and see what the Lord shows us here? The Bible says in verse 9, And if it be a beast, whereof men bring an offering unto the Lord, all that any man giveth of such unto the Lord shall be holy. Verse 10 says, He shall not alter it, nor change it, a good for bad or bad for good. And if he shall at all change beast for beast, then it is an exchange thereof shall be holy. Finish. Let me finish reading this section and I'm going to articulate this to you. Verse 11. And if it be any unclean beast of which they do not offer a sacrifice unto the Lord, then he shall present the beast before the priest. 
And the priest shall value it, whether it be good or bad, as thou value it, who art the priest, so shall it be. But if he will at all redeem it, then he shall add a fifth part thereof unto thy estimation or thy value of order. Okay. So now, verse 9 through 13 speaks of any animal, i.e. the term beast here, any animal that is consecrated unto the Lord. Amen? Meaning any animal, now keep this in mind, Moses is talking in his time frame. So any animal, what he's saying here, that is a sacrifice unto the Lord. It is a sacrifice based on the consistency of being consecrated unto the Lord. I.e., one, I ain't going to wing it and just say, dun, 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 this is consecrated unto the Lord. It, is, it was something that one said in consistency, I am going to consecrate this beast or this animal to the total service of the Lord. Now, if one did that out of their household, meaning, for instance, if I was a shepherd and sheep was what I keep, then I'm saying my sheep are going to always be consecrated unto the Lord, regardless. I'm not going to freelance and deviate. Well, I don't feel like giving the Lord a sheep today. I'm going to give him something else, what I feel like. No, if I have a place in my heart to dedicate this animal that I'm raising specifically for the blessing unto the Lord, then I can't switch midstream and say, I'm not going to keep my commitment unless I've come before the Lord to change what I have committed to. Are, are, are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Uh, uh, if I do not do that, that's why the text says that if it ends up being a different beast, you need to come to the priest because we need to have a talk. You can't switch up what you're doing for the Lord because you don't feel like you want to be consistent in doing it anymore. A am I making sense? So the Bible says, the Bible says, you shall not alter it, nor change it. Okay. To alter means to substitute. Uh, did y'all hear me? You shall not substitute it or do an exchange. Okay, some, some, some may not gravitate to that. Let, let, let me bring something else in Scripture to your attention so you can really understand what's being said here. Because this thing about changing, changing is robbing. Uh, let, 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 me, let me say it once more, just in case somebody didn't hear me clearly. Changing is robbing. Some are saying right now, 
why are you saying that's robbing? Well, for those that are familiar with Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says, Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? Wherein have ye robbed me? In tithe and offering. Now, many are not registering what was going on. Let me take you back in history as to what was going on behind the scenes. Because when you read Malachi chapter 1 all the way to chapter 3, the Lord is giving a reprimand to the priest of the house because they've allowed and they've had hidden agenda to change what was given to him as an offering. Okay, watch this. I'm going to do simple math. So say, for instance, I had 10 sheep. And I would normally say, well, my most healthiest sheep I'm going to give to the Lord. It's my, my first fruit. It's my, my greatest. I'm going to give it to him. Well, I'm not even looking for anything in return. That's why I use the term first fruit because the teruma means something that I invest in without looking for anything to come back. My mind ain't even looking for the Lord to reciprocate something back to me because I'm giving him my best. Okay. So, so in that, what happens is in that era, I got 10 sheep. My good sheep, I'm bringing to be a sacrifice because that's my consecrated gift unto the Lord. But a rogue or an unrighteous priest stops me and says, hey, show is good looking sheep. Why don't you go make you a profit off of that sheep? Cut me aside. Uh -huh. I hear you. Out of them other nine, I see you got one with blotches. One that seems like it's got a defective leg. The Lord ain't going to know no difference. Why don't you do an exchange? Oh, y'all. Why, why, why don't you do an exchange? Because that one's going to be thrown on the altar anyhow. It's going to be sacrificed and nobody's going to see it once it's put in the fire. Just as long as you gave one. No matter what the quality of the one is. Because the one wasn't consecrated. Listen, listen. I took care to make sure one of the ten was my best because that's my commitment unto the Lord as a sacrifice unto him. So I'm not cutting that one short. But men of God and women of God now tell you out of a different agenda of prosperity. Why don't you make more money on the side? It's all good. And in the same turn, keep your commitment by doing an exchange. Or why don't you modify? Why don't you make something look like it's something that it's really not? That's me altering it. That's me hybridizing what I give as a consecrated gift unto the Lord. Now I've lied to the Lord because I'm not really giving him my best. I'm giving him my modification or I'm giving him an exchange. Mm -hmm. 
Now, let me, let me say this. The Bible does say here, if it be any unclean beast, of what they do not offer for sacrifice. Here's, here's the thing. The Lord gave Moses in that time specific guidelines of what he called clean and unclean. Okay. However, what's profound about the Lord God is everybody wasn't raised with them values and those resources. So what happens is the Lord God says, well, even though everybody doesn't have this, I will make an exception for that because their heart is in the right place of what they're giving me to be their consecrated gift, even though it's not in my original list of what I accept. Okay, watch this. Let me, let me bring a New Testament for you. If you remember when Jesus was in the temple and he was sitting back and they were looking at who was putting what in the treasury. The boys, scribes, had fed, okay, they was given richly. The woman, though, that gave gave all she had that didn't even value or equate to what we call a penny right. in our Western world culture. Uh -huh. But Jesus looked past because she wasn't a priest. She wasn't out the Sanhedrin. She wasn't a scribe. She wasn't a Sadducee. She wasn't a Pharisee. But the Lord said, based upon where her heart was, yeah. that she said, I'm going to give him something versus nothing. Yeah. And I pray that it is valued by the Lord. He said her gift was the greatest of all. Yes. 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 So... That means in the consecrating process, especially for some that come to this lifestyle, apparently there's some that don't got. But the Lord says when you look at your life, the things that you do got that you have valued yes. as being great when you wasn't with me, I'll value it as a, uh, 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 I'll take it as a substitute for your cause because you were willing to say, Lord, I'm going to give you something. Even though I ain't got what the gots have, I'm going to give you what I do got. So you don't let me get got. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Amen. I pray everybody's learning. Everybody's learning. Man, Leviticus 27 is something else. So that tells me. Number one, people mm -hmm. are to be consecrated unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
animals according to the time period that the scripture was written are sacrificed as consecrated unto the Lord. Let us look at something else that hits home, I believe, for all of us believers. Let's look at verse 14 and 15. What do they say? Verse 14 of Leviticus chapter 27 says, And when a man shall sanctify his house. Ah, I got a pause right there. When a man sanctifies his house to be holy unto the Lord. Then the priest shall estimate it or get it in order or add value to it whether it be good or bad. Bottom line is saying regardless of whether it's a good house, whether it's a bad house, the bottom line is the sanctification or, or uh, uh, the consecrating of the house unto the Lord. The priest or the officer of the Lord shall add value and order to it regardless of if you think it's worth it or not. For the Bible says, as the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. Okay, that means, so as the priest, as the officer of the house of the Lord comes to a house that someone says, I sanctify this house. I, I take this house through the process of being separated unto the Lord. I take this house through the process of being dedicated to the house. Whether it's a big mansion or it is something only five by five. The, the bottom line is the fact that the location, the dwelling place is being sanctified or dedicated to the service of the Lord in which the priest comes in order to validate the sanctification to say this place is consecrated and has value to it because the Lord's glory is now on this house. Verse 15, And if he that sanctified it will redeem his house, mm, my God, my God, Meaning to avenge or purchase his house, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be his. Watch this. So what the Bible says is if you sanctify it to the point that you pay for it, the Lord said he adds interest to it where it's worth more than what it was when you went through the process of paying for it. The see... 
y'all think about it, the world is still robbing God, even in the possessions that we got, what physical houses that we dwell in. The world grabs the interest on the property. But the Lord wants to add the interest to your value. See, so what that says to me, if for those that are listening to me can grab this as a physical place, imagine what he does for you as a spiritual place. Did not Paul say, did you not know that your body is the temple? Of the living God and the spirit of God dwells in you. Did you not know that your body is a house? And if you sanctify your house. If you consecrate. Let your dwelling be a continual dwelling place of the Lord. He says as long as I can dwell there. Interest is going to be accumulating. You have made yourself the best investment because I've been matching what you're paying. I've been duplicating the price that you have been paying in order for the house to stay on the block. I am adding and making you more enriched so that when someone comes to do the assessment of your value, they cannot calculate the value of your worth because glory is on your worth. Are y'all hearing me? So, people, animals, houses. We ain't done with the territory of the house, though. Can we look at verses 16 through 25? In 16 through 25, it says, And if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some part of a field of his possession, if a man shall separate and dedicate and equip The territory that he or she has been given. Okay. Let me, can I be a little spiritual with that right here in a moment? Now for those that understand Episcopacy, we understand that Episcopal leaders, such as bishops and archbishops, are not just responsible for a house. They're responsible for a region or a territory. So then, if those who are Episcopal, those who are apostolic, understand the physical concept here, then it speaks spiritually for you to understand why you have territories beyond the house that you're responsible for. Because your vision is not just where you're serving to take care of a house that's sanctified. Your vision is also to sanctify the land that's around the house. See, if the land that's around the house is not sanctified, then the adversary feel they got right to step and creep into your territory. That's why the adversary feels 
he can bust in your door because your territory outside has not been considered for sanctification as much as the building inside. And what happens is when infiltration comes to the physical building by those who don't want to be sanctified or those who are not given the guidance to become sanctified, it causes kinks to come to the armor of the house so that the house is subject to be overtaken by what's not sanctified. You've allowed the grounds around what's sanctified to be compromised. So the Bible says, if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some part of a field of his possession, meaning what he owns, then thy estimation or thy order and thy value shall be according to the seed thereof. My field or my territory only becomes valuable based on what seed I'm planting in that territory. The verse still says, and Homer of barley seed shall be valued at 50 shekels of silver. If he sanctify his field from the year of Jubilee, according to the estimation, it shall stand. But if he sanctify his field after Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon unto him the money according to the year that remain, even unto the year of the Jubilee, and it shall be abated from thy estimation. And when we say abated, we mean to diminish, to restrain, or withdrawn. Amen. Verse 19, and if he that sanctified the field will in any wise redeem it or pay for it, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be assured to him. Meaning, once again, just like a house, value is added of interest after the price has been paid what is required for it to come into ownership. Verse 19, and if he that sanctify the field will in any wise redeem it, then he shall add a fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be assured to him. And if he will not redeem the field, if he will not pay for it, or if he have sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed anymore. Meaning he has no claims to the value of what it's worth. Verse 21, but the field when it goeth out in the jubilee shall be holy unto the Lord as a field devoted. The possession thereof shall be the priest. Mm. Verse 22, and if a man sanctify unto the Lord a field which he hath bought, which is not of the fields of his possession, then the priest shall reckon unto him the worth of thy estimation, even unto the year of Jubilee. And he shall give thine estimation in that day as a holy thing unto the Lord. Verse 24, in the year of the Jubilee, the field shall return unto him of whom it was bought, even to him to whom the possession of the land did belong. And all thy estimation shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twenty gira shall be the shekel. Uh, uh, and when we say 
uh, uh, gira, uh, it is implying like 20 scraps. Okay. Um, Twenty scrap of grain, uh, or four to five carob of beans, as it breaks down in Hebrew. So, here's the thing. So, in that, what the Bible says here, as given to Moses, is that not only is a house to be consecrated, the territory of the dwelling of the house should be consecrated unto the Lord as well. Or even if one has mass property, a portion is given unto the Lord. It is consistently used for the service of the Lord, not anything else. In that, as the Bible is declaring here, the Lord increases the value of what has been consecrated unto him because now this is the haven, should I say, of what the Lord has now added value to. You think about it like this. Let me put it in simplicity. If a person was a farmer and farming is the way that you make your money to sustain your family. Understand, doesn't a farmer outside of where his house sits, he designates a certain portion of the property to grow his crop. So he designates it to grow his crop because he's also designating that to be his source of revenue. So the Lord God says to the prophet, whatever territory that you got that is going to be used for revenue for my sake, that is also dedicated unto me and not for anything else. Okay, so if I'm going to say that I am a farmer that grows corn, and that's how I make my money, then in the same turn, if, I, if I'm going to consecrate territory unto him whatever crop that I grow in that designated area it's not for me to make wealth on it for myself that territory is designated for the value of the Lord yes. meaning then once again I'm still trying to keep this simple then whatever I make on the crop in that territory, that's not mine. That belongs to the Lord because I designated that territory for him. Could it be, that's why also, if you notice farmers, they rotate territories, if not every year, every five years or every seven years, so that one area does not run dry of being able to produce a crop. That's the way they balance out their land so that each part of their land gets a turn at giving service for revenue. Yes.
So this is just this is just some of what I'm sharing with you. I'm not going to be able to finish it all. I'm looking at the time here, but at least been able to give you people, animals or beasts, houses or fields as four key things here in Leviticus 27 that are meant to be sanctified and consecrated unto continual service of the Lord. Amen? So I'm going to park that there for the moment. I pray this has been a wealth of information for everybody to chew on today because this is probably an area many haven't touched. Because unless you've been in a place of, of understanding consecration and sanctification unto the Lord, this is probably something people have grazed over and not really given thought to it to understand what the Lord is really speaking through the prophet in order for people to not only live a consecrated or sanctified life unto him, but let everything around them that they do on a daily basis, the things that they manage as their responsibility as owners that is still supposed to be consecrated or dedicated unto the Lord. Uh, so with that, I stop there. I pray this has blessed each and every one on this afternoon. And hopefully everybody will be back to get the next segment on who and what needs to be consecrated unto the Lord through the voice. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.